Anyways, um, we this is Shred the Shit's first interview style podcast with one of one of a man of legend who our our listeners have heard of before, maybe aren't particularly familiar with, but we're gonna introduce him to you today as we sit here in my closet. I'm joined in person by Gage for the second time. You're in the studio. In the studio, mixing beats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Making sick edits. And uh, on the other end of the line is our good buddy, Lance. Lancey Pants. Hate it. He's a legend. Dude, I'm I'm truly, truly honored to be on Shred the Shit podcast for the, uh, for the first time. I'm very excited. Wait, do you have anything up front that you want to tell the viewers, the listeners? About yourself, about who you are, about your stoke levels, anything, um, man. Well, I'd just like to say that, um, I don't know, we'll go through one of those weird intro things that, like, group settings normally have. I'm, I'm Lance Hated. I'm from San Luis Obispo, California. <laughs> uh, my stoke tank is hella robust right now because national championships are coming up in a week and uh, finals are about done, so... Yeah, it's all good. Congratulations on being almost done with finals. I know the feeling. Dude, I'm hyped to be done with finals here soon. It's, um, dude, honestly, this semester, actually, it's a quarter here at Cal Poly, but, uh, it's been rough. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good to be, good to be done. It's gonna be good. And then we got Gage, who frickin' doesn't do school anymore. Gage Not for this semester, school. I'm... Gage is, you don't need to go to school to fly a plane, from what I heard. Is that correct, Gage? Sort of, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you're good, dude. Yeah. Just drop out. Sure. Be done. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that way. It'd be nice. So, that being said, you and Lance are now teammates on the cross bike. Um, you've been teammates on the road for, what, three years now? Long time. Yeah, ever since Evola's inception, uh, three years. Three years. Three whole years. And uh, now you guys are teammates on the cross bike. Um, you're still a lowly U23, and Lance and I are elites. So how's it How's it having Lance as a mentor for you, Gage? Lance is my mentor. <laughs> you know, I've learned so much from that guy. So much stoke has been added to my repertoire. <laughs> um, okay. No, it's been it's been great being a teammate with Lance. I've really enjoyed it. He's uh, he's got a lot of the skills that I really need to work on, and so that's been. I think we're we have a good balance in that. So he's teaching me a lot of skills. We're getting stronger and faster together. So it's been good. Skills like making pancakes. Oh, making pancakes, flipping anything in a pan, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Just anything Gage, you can Gage cook is, in a pan, he flips. Gage is my apprentice in uh in pan flipping technique, but um, he's learning. <laughs> He's learning. It's okay. <laughs> I will say, apprenticeships, man, when you're learning a trade, I love that we go to college and stuff, but I feel like apprenticeships would be a lot more valuable. So much more valuable. Agreed. I mean, if you're actually going into a field of, of, of work or of skill or whatever, I think, uh, yeah, actually learning how to use that skill in the real world is a lot more rewarding than sitting in a classroom learning about how to do that. But... You know, the school system is what it is. 
You seem like you sit in a classroom a lot more than us, though. Well, yeah, I, I decided it would be a good idea to be an engineer, which, I don't know, so far it's not too great. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, it. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's just a lot of, a lot of time spent doing stuff that is hard and, I don't know, I could be on, I could be on, uh, watching YouTube, you know, important stuff like that. <laughs> Let Brent and I take care of that while you're working hard at school. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you, dude, don't worry. We can watch enough YouTube for the three of us. Okay. <laughs> you guys can, can give me the, the lowdown of what's new on YouTube. Um, synopsis not much okay cool <laughs> actually I don't know what's new on YouTube because pretty much everything I watch is like a year old yeah that's the problem though with YouTube like there's so much new content all the time you can't even keep you up can't. dude no what's the statistic like 150,000 hours are uploaded every hour or some crazy thing like it would literally be impossible to watch every video on YouTube. Um, yeah. And I don't think you'd want to. I don't think you would. I feel like a lot of it is just straight up nonsense. Imagine how many like bootleg foreign television shows you'd have to watch. <laughs> you'd have to oh, record it on an iPhone or something. Yeah. Flip phone. I'm sure there's copious amounts of them. We'll link to a, like an I'll try to find an Indian television show on YouTube that I can link to in the show notes because I know how to do show notes. Not at all. (laughs) So getting into the meat of the podcast, which I haven't learned anything about and I haven't uploaded one in a while. What I want to know from you, Lance, Mm -hmm. is I want to understand how you came to be so stoked on bike racing all the time. Because it's one of the things I feel like we had this conversation today about someone that we all know. Someone isn't stoked on purely riding bikes anymore and now is just racing to succeed instead of racing for fun and riding their bike because it's freaking sick. Who is this? So I want to know. I'm not going (laughs) to name drop on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So what I want to know is... You're always freaking stoked, except when you're, like, really stressed out. But you're always freaking stoked. How do you maintain it? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of the time when it's, like, I don't know, going out and training and doing specific intervals and, and whatnot is, is the last thing I want to do. Um... So yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of days where the stoke isn't incredibly high, but I don't know. I mean, I think one of the major things, at least between balancing the the school life of things, the family life, um, and then the the bike racer training, racing, traveling life, um, I don't know. I mean, I just sort of. I sort of try to divide each one of those and try not to like have one of them completely control my life. Um, which it's, I feel like it's super easy to like obsess over, over just the cycling or just the school or just the social life or just the family or whatever it is. But having, having a solid balance of all of that and 
dedicating time and energy to trying to be the best you can at each one of those things. Um, I mean, I think by doing that, you have, you find joy and you find success in each one of those things so that when cycling is not going great or when school is not going great, there's still other aspects of your life that are like, dude, this is rad. This is awesome. Um, so I think that's one of the huge things for me. Um, and then also just, I don't know. I mean, the school thing is hard and especially this year, it's like when I'm, when I'm here at school, it's like, I am, I am studying in class, in office hours, or I'm on my bike eating or sleeping. I mean, that's like, I don't have a whole lot of time outside of that. So when I do go to races, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, in the past racing has always been like stressful and race weekends are like, are hard, but this year it's almost, when I go and race, that's like a relief. It's like, I'm, I'm there purely to race my bike. I set aside all the stuff that's going on with school and at home. And it's like, I'm there and I have the opportunity to like travel the world and race my bike and hang out with my bros and, and chicks that are there, you know? Um, but yeah. And when I'm at races, it's like, it's fun. It's awesome. And I think mainly the other, the other thing I find is like a lot of cyclists sort of put themselves into like this box of they're a cross racer or they're a road racer or they're a mountain biker where I don't know. I just, I find myself more as a, I'm just a bike racer. Like I, I enjoy doing it all. And just love love riding my bike and i think a lot of that when you love what you're doing you're going to like find find success in that and get results and all that but i'm not i'm not necessarily results based i just do it because it's like this is this is rad so i don't know i don't know if that made any sense or if i was just rambling but um yeah. No, and I, I got a couple. I got a couple thoughts on that. Okay. The first being that you're not one type of bike racer. Yeah. Or bike rider, and that's something that I learned from from Gage yep. a long time ago. Was like you go out and do specific intervals, and then you ride stupid single track on the way home. Like not because you should, but because you want to, because it's part of the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. That's one of those things where, like, I learned that from Gage, and that keeps the stoke high during the week. And I don't even think Gage can train on the road for an hour and a half without finding some dirt. <laughs> but Gage, dude, <laughs> yeah, classic. You, you gotta have. I mean, you gotta have the balance of. There's there's a time and a place to do intervals and just stare at the power meter and just make sure you're hitting the right numbers and everything. But, uh, I mean. You gotta look back and think, why am I out here? What 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 reason am I out here? Am I just gonna sit here and put my head down and hit these numbers all week, all month, and just just to get a result at one specific race? Uh, I think I think there's a bit of enjoying the journey along the way to getting to that race that's important. Yeah, and and even if some people don't see that as the ideal way, it's like you're having more fun doing that than 
than doing it the quote right way. And I think that's sick. I think it's it's it might not be the yeah the the standard correct way of doing it, but it's certainly in my mind the the sustainable way of doing it, which I think when you're trying to make a career the uh, the sustainable aspect is pretty pretty darn important. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 the other thing I wanted to say with regards to like you being so not compartmentalized in your life but um able to turn on that focus switch depending on what activity you're doing and be fully committed to that and then just switch it back off um and how you said the race weekends have been like releases i mean i think i've seen that this year i mean i was definitely giving you guys crap at the start of the season for showing up friday nights <laughs> yeah or or you Saturday <laughs> Saturday midday in Ontario. It yeah, it's classic. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think that I'm not necessarily saying that's a good idea. I think it's there's better oh, it's there's dumb. better ways of doing it. <laughs> but if that is how it's gonna go, I mean I think you just gotta roll with it. And just well, and make but the it most also of it. it also ties into what you said of you're, once you get on the race weekend, you're like, oh, I'm just lucky. I'm just stoked to be here racing. Yeah. Like you don't you don't sit around Wednesday, Thursday, waiting to travel on Friday because you have nothing else going on. Like, like it's like, oh shit, my flight is in an hour. Like, yeah. And you just do it, and you get there, and you're like, I'm here to race. Like it's not. There's no preempted stress about it because you're you're focused on something else, with the time that you would be stressed. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think for for those who like, who focus purely on race weekend and and don't have a whole lot going on outside of that, it's like it's so easy to to put so much mental like stress into into every single little aspect of of preparing for the race weekend that it's like it it can it can consume you and and totally make you like lose all the desire and fun in in bike racing um but yeah i mean this year it's like every single race weekend i come home from class thursday afternoon i ride my bike for an hour and then it's like dude i don't have anything packed i'm gonna pack my bag and i wake up and fly out in the morning it's like i literally my my prep for this race weekend is like three hours that's like literally all i put into it just because it's I don't know. There's just not, I'm not dwelling over it. <laughs> so yeah, it's weird, but it seems to, it seems to work maybe. I think, it, I mean, I think it's such an individual thing, you know? Yeah. Um, this season I've kind of jived with, with what you're saying, Lance is I've tried my hardest to not stress beforehand mm-hmm. and and not not take care of myself, but not stress the little details like that they're gonna make or break my race weekend. Mm-hmm. But I focus more on like when you're at the race weekend, doing everything right then because that's the time you have available. Like exactly, that's when it counts compared to you're not just putting negative stress out into the the world on Thursday and or Wednesday and Thursday. It's like you're just doing your life and then come race weekend then you focus purely on the race weekend yeah 
No, I mean, that's, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's like when you're obviously in order to be like a top level athlete, it's like when you're, when you are at your event, it's like you are, I mean, at least myself and I'm sure everyone else that we're racing against is it's like, you're doing everything you can to be as good as you can be when that, when that gun goes off. But that's a amount of time that's like totally doable. And every, every ounce of effort that you're putting into it is like directed towards that one goal. Um, where, yeah, I mean, if you're doing that all week, it's like that, that takes a toll on you for sure. But the, the short term is like, it's good. I mean, you have to be focused in order to, to be fast. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that you can overthink if you give it too much, too much time. Yeah. And, and going back to Stoke, I'd like both your guys' thoughts on this, but the longer I'm stressed about a single event, Mm -hmm. the less full my Stoke meter is when I get to the line. Totally. Like the longer I think about the event. Totally. Agreed. I mean, I, so some of the races that I've been like the most stoked for are ones that like I didn't even really know I was going to race until like two or three days beforehand. And then it's like, oh, dude, this is going to be rad. Let's go freaking do it. And then you get there on the line and you're like, you're still stoked because you're like, whoa, this is this is rad. I'm super, super ready to be here. It's going to be awesome. Where at least for me in the past, like I... I've had some good days at nationals, but I've also had some really, really not so awesome days. Um, and I think a lot of those are the ones that like, I feel like I'm the most prepared for. Um, and it's like, I mentally, I think I'm so prepared and so ready and I should, I should be the one winning this race and weeks out in in advance, I'm already like, envisioning how the race is going to go and and all that stuff and then come race day it's like i'm so exhausted about thinking about it that i've i've totally like psyched myself out and i have a shitty race and then other times when i haven't feel like i haven't been prepared as as i could be and i've sort of like not thought about it a whole lot until getting to the event that's like that's when i've had my best races at nationals which is totally weird but um yeah i don't know it's sort of been been the case well and that's a that's a weird conversation about expectations right totally right. like yeah like a long-term personal expectation is so different than a short-term you look around you see who's there like oh i think i can beat them that's so much different than Oh, I know like a week, two weeks out, like, Oh, I know I'm the strongest. I have to beat this person, this person, this person, this is how I'm going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. That's exhausting compared to like the short term of looking around and being like, Oh, I know I can beat them. We'll just see how the race goes today. Totally. Totally. And, and we had that, we kind of had a conversation like that with, I had that conversation kind of with Gage of, of having that not not feeling like that in Europe is it's like you just show up and you like you don't have those long-term personal expectations because it's not 
not necessarily like a domestic event. Yeah. 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 I think a, a big thing that we kind of have going for us, and we talk about this a lot as part of writers for Volo or Lance now being a former writer of Volo, is this kind of idea of let's go champ, which is kind of just this understanding that we're not necessarily the do- dominant ones in our group anymore. We're we're kind of there just to try to see what kind of dent we can put into the best writers in the world. And so it's kind of nice to think that nobody has the expectation of us really even placing it all that day. If we finish on the lead lap, typically that's that's actually pretty good. So I think kind of having that low of an expectation helps a lot because there's just so much room to grow and so much room to um, exceed expectations. Yeah, and and with that said, too, I like how you said put a dent into the best riders in the world, but it's also the three of us in this conversation right now are three of the top ten riders in the U.S., which is like four years ago we were all first year U23 or a junior, you know? And like, sometimes it's, you kind of just have to remind yourself of like, Oh yeah, I'm, I haven't been here a long time and it's okay to, to not stress about it. You know, like you said, Lance, like we're still making, still working on making a career. And so that long-term stress is doing more damage than, than the positive, ripping around and having fun and the sustainability part of it is because we're so freaking young dude <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just just this year like with all all of us guys who are like yeah 20 21 22 years old i mean it's been it's been so rad this year having being at the front of races and looking around and it's like brandon is here gage is here Grant Elwood is here, Spencer's here, and it's like, these are all guys that we've been racing against, when you think about it, like back since we are 15, 16 years old, but then you also think about it, and that was only like five years ago, and now we're all at the front. It's like, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy, and yeah, being so young, it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of room to grow, for sure. Well, and from a positive and one of those positive long-term things is we never put the expectation on ourselves. Well, I mean, personally, I didn't of being, you know, one of the best riders in the nation. And and by way of just doing the fun parts of cycling, you get to that point. You know, like, it wasn't forcing it, you know, like, it, it just happened. Yeah, yeah. And And there was never any negative, like, oh crap i was i was the 11th american oh blah blah blah. like there's some of that but it's not it's not a constant drone in the back of your head you just do the fun parts and then you're there exactly (laughs) that's a little oversimplified but (laughs) no i mean and i mean obviously it's like in order to get (laughs) the fun part of it is still working your ass off i mean it's not it's not like go around and, and do whatever the heck you want, training wise and diet wise and whatever. It's I mean like it's it's Almost still it's still super focused and super hard and you're working your ass off and and yeah, doing everything you can be. But 
doing all of that because you have the opportunity to do that rather than feeling like you're doing all of that purely because you need to get this result in order to do this, in order to go to Europe, in order to go to whatever. It's like doing all of it because it's like, dude, this is fun, this is rad, this is what I want to be doing. And by doing that, it's like you you will get to the places that you want to be. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... Well, and you said opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of us feel incredibly fortunate for the opportunities we've had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because that those opportunities have let us be relaxed and not focused purely on the result in terms of okay, well, you have to go, you have to get this result so that you can do this x x and x. Like we've had the opportunities to progress in that natural natural like sustainable way there's been no one hounding all three of us to to get a result at a specific race because it's going to make or break your career or whatever yeah i don't think i mean i could be wrong but i don't think for any of us there's been a point in our careers where we've been to the point of well if i don't get a result today then i'm off the team and i'm out of job and that's kind of afforded us to take a lot more risks and enjoy the sport a lot more mm-hmm. yeah because lord knows if i uh if i had to get a result to make or break a team or a job or whatever i would be a lot more stressed i would not race as well yeah certainly <laughs> no i mean yeah i i feel like we've all we with the programs we've been with and the support like all our all our families are super into it and super supportive with the, which i think is huge and then, yeah, I mean, personally, like, without without a Volo and without Don from from Donnelly and, and even back, like, the junior days on Bear Development and stuff like that, I mean, it's like every team I've been on has been, like, super supportive, super, super great, gotten me to the places that I need to be, but have gotten me there in a way that, like, that I'm still excited about going out and racing. Not because it's like I have to be here, I have to have to get this result, otherwise I'm never going anywhere and my career is gonna be done. So yeah, no, I'm I feel like we've all been super fortunate with that. Yeah, and and with what you just said too, Lance, taking this to a broader topic of just American cycling in general. Mm-hmm. I think all three of us know that it's not like that in Europe. It's not, it's nowhere near that. And I think a lot of people are trying to find a lot of negative things about American cycling right now and say, we need to do this better, this better, and this better. But I think what you just hit on is what makes it so great. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's so the percentage of people and teams that are results only that aren't, focused on the fun of bike racing is minimal in the u.s and that's what makes it so special like there's the opportunity for you if you love the sport to yeah work hard but you never are pressured into doing something because it's going to make or break your career yeah in my experience personally oh i i totally agree and i mean i think that yeah, I mean that's the cool thing about the US is I I mean, 
obviously the the pinnacle of the sport is Europe, but there's still there's still a lot in the US that like if you're into it and you're excited and you're racing well and you're fit and you're fast and you're and you're loving it. I mean there's there's so much racing and opportunity here to like make make a career or make a name for yourself or whatever whatever your goal is. But then there's also so much more to that aside from that like very tip top level where yeah, I I I feel like over in Europe, it's like if you're not on the trajectory and and like focusing a hundred percent on trying to make the pinnacle of the sport, I think it's pretty darn miserable over there. Which I don't know. There's a lot more to it here in the U.S. Aside from that very tip top. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and some of that I think comes down to money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no money in American Cross, period. Yep. So, so there, there. I mean, I think money kind of doesn't take the fun out of things, but like you said, it it makes it the pinnacle. Yeah. And so when there's not that involved, we can kind of have a more relaxed approach to it. Yeah, I mean, money, money just makes more pressure for sure. Although I wouldn't I, mind some. I I wouldn't mind a little more money. I mean, that's that would be nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's sort of cliche to say it, but the money the money isn't everything, I guess. <laughs> I guess. If you're going to cycle across for the money, you're not yeah, you're in the wrong sport. <laughs> I should have should have chose something else. Probably could have made more money playing yeah. like the clarinet or flute or something. I don't know. Yeah, you probably could have. Well, good thing you're going to be an engineer. I'm still not an engineer yet. I've still got like two years to go. There's plenty of time to drop out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So what you're telling me is you're not that committed to it. No, dude, I'm committed. I'm very committed. I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done. I mean, I got a back bedroom that needs needs a tenant, dude. Can I pay you like $50 a month to live there? Because that's like sort of sort of my budget right now. <laughs> we'll have to discuss terms. Okay. I can might be a little light. <laughs> you know what I can do? If you guys, if you and Zoe go to the grocery store, pay all the utilities, do all the stuff, I will make you avocado toast every morning. And, and I will make you the dopest dankest coffees you've ever seen well that was that's what i was gonna say you need to bring the espresso machine oh dude i will there's no that's, that's your move-in fee, fee. okay move i can do that <laughs> that's your, that's your first month's rent or security deposit or some crap <laughs> yeah you take the See, espresso I think, machine if something this is, is damaged. how it should be i feel like <laughs> so i've got two parties trying to get me to move into their house right now i've got you and i've two got parties Blev- and i've got blevins so I feel like I'm going to put you two together, and then you guys are actually going to start having to pay me to live at your house. Well, you should <laughs> live with Blevins. He's faster, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I feel, like, I feel like being at your place would be pretty sick. Well, you and Gage would have to share the back bedroom, so. Dude, I'd, I'd, share, with- I'd share anything with Gage, dude. 
<laughs> we can we can start together. It'll be awesome. It's been a while since you and I have shared a bed, isn't it? hasn't it, Lance? I don't think I don't think we've done it all this year. Well, you can come back here to Junction and we can do it. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I, I can't really hear Gage much. Oh, but sorry. The, uh, I don't know if my ear... Yeah, the... The mic's too far away or something? Too far away. Okay. <laughs> your, 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 recording, your recording studio is just too large. I just can't... Dude, I can't hear it's Gage. It's massive. <laughs> wait, is this... A, wait, hang on. Do AirPods only have mics on one side? They better not. I thought they were two-sided. I'm pretty sure they are. I think I've talked with both ears individually before. Uh, I, know, Gage, I don't know. I can barely hear him. Well, Gage, you have to yell. Yell louder, Gage. <laughs> I'll try to project more, Lance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Anyways, Gage was saying it's been a while since you guys have shared a bed. It's nice. Yeah. Dude, I don't even know the last time we shared a bed. We, I know, we hung out together being all sick at Road Nationals. That was, that was cool. We were both, yeah, we were both like going into race day, eating like 800 cough drops and taking five emergencies a day. It ended yeah, up going yeah. pretty well. Um, yeah, I did. Jeez. I mean, for you anyways. That was a great day. <laughs> it was a great day. Gage's was pretty sick too. He and I were doing like I sick take... jump, jump trains over the uh, little gap in the road. It was sick. Yeah, we were. We were going through Hagerstown, going through Main Street in the air. Boosting. It was pretty great. Just boosting. Honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, that was like, that's why I won. Just that jump. Yeah. That was it. That jump. It gave you the competitive edge. I was going to say it filled the Stoke tank. Dude, the Stoke Tank was on full after that. And then, also, the next weekend at Pro Road Nats, I did the same thing in front of Kiel Reinen. Totally crossed it up because it was like a crosswind. It was very sketchy, but it was sick. McCabe was stoked. Kiel Reinen came and, like, yelled at me for, like, five minutes about that. And then I went and dropped him. <laughs> so that was sick. Once nice. again, the Stoke Tank prevails. Well, I hope he hears this and you guys can beef some more. Dude, I don't have beef with him. I just I just want him to accept the fact that jumping is sick. Yeah, doesn't he have a mullet? How is he not hyped on crossing it up, dude? Dude, I don't even know. I feel like that's a... Having a mullet and not being stoked on crossing it up is like... A contradictory statement. It just doesn't. We should write the. We should write the Ten Commandments of Mullets and Stoke. (laughs) Yes, dude. I'm working on it right now. Let's go. (laughs) Are you gonna have a mullet for Nats? I've got the flow to do it. I just need someone to cut it. Brandon will bring some uh, cutters. Yeah, I'll I'll fly with a, (laughs) with a freaking razor and. Scissors and uh, and a uh, what are they called? The floby. What? <laughs> what is a floby? What? <laughs> it's like a vacuum cleaner with a razor in it. <laughs> what? 
I want one of those. You've never heard of this. That sounds hazardous. Dude, look it up. It's as seen on TV kind of thing. Well, of course it is. <laughs> no, what are they called? The buzz your head? I can't even remember. Tri- Clippers? Clippers. Clippers. Okay. You can tell how often I get my hair cut. Yeah. Does Zoe cut your hair? Or Cal? I think she's. I think Zoe's cut my hair every time for the last four times. Dude, you guys are saving some money. That's good. Good work. Well, dude, the barber is a ripoff, and then I have to talk to someone I don't like. Yeah. It's nonsense. I hate people. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but all right. I'll let you get away with it. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, regardless... I'm glad that you were on the podcast tonight, Lance. And even though this 30 minutes went by really quick. Yeah, is that what's your time frame normally? Uh, till Gage and I are bored. Yeah, or till we run out of not necessarily new things to talk about, but just things that actually are important or would make sense. Well, We've discovered that it kind of just becomes like a rambling phone call. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, tonight kind of did too. We 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 stayed on topic pretty well this time, though. Typically, when it's just <clears throat> Brennan and I, it's like all over the place. Yeah, just a splattering of ideas. I mean, essentially, just, just isn't that what a knowledge bombs? What'd you say? I mean, essentially, that's what a podcast is, though. I feel like it's just, like, rambling on about things. You have, you have, a, general, yeah. you have a general guideline of the stuff you're going to talk about, but then all the truly glorious stuff is, is just the off-topic stuff, the real, the realness. Well, I think ours goes to rambling because our general concept of what we want to talk about is... A conversation. <laughs> that's our yeah. That's our productors our production cue is just talk. What are we gonna talk about? Stuff. <laughs> Stuff and things. What's dude? up, Brandon? So I'm glad you were on tonight. We're gonna have to do another one. I don't know when this is gonna come out, but we'll figure it out. Dude, we'll have to do another one. We Good. should we should do one. The three of us in person, Saturday night before nationals. Okay, we'll try to figure out how to do that. I don't know how that's going to happen. Logistics might be Dude, a it's going to happen. we got to but... make it happen. What if our houses are, like, right next to each other? Oh, you guys are probably staying in a hotel. Uh, No, we're dude, staying... we're in a house. But we're, like, 35 minutes away from the venue. Oh, So probably not. God. Yeah, that probably won't happen. All right, we'll figure it out where we're at. Well, we'll make something happen. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, dude. Cap and making it happen. For sure. All right. Well, thank you, Lance. Hate it for coming on the podcast. Um, that will be the first of many, I'm sure. Uh, to our 14 listeners, uh, stay tuned for more podcasts. Um, we're racing nationals this coming weekend in uh, Tacoma. Well, Stellacum is that what it's called? I think the yeah the, right? the park is Fort Stellacom. In some town right outside of Tacoma. 
Lakewood, right? Lakewood. No, I think it's. I think the town is Stellacombe. No, nah, dude, it's oh, Lakewood. I don't know. No, there's a town right next to the park called Stellacombe. You're wrong. Google Maps it. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I haven't looked. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we settled the semantics of that. <laughs> okay. So, thank you, Lance, for coming on the podcast. How many, um, how many times are you going to thank me, dude? I feel like, like I need eight. to thank you for thank having Lance, me on. Lance, I wanted to thank you again. Okay. Thanks, Lance. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways, follow Lance on Instagram. Uh, that's probably it. <laughs> Maybe hit him up on LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I had to make an account for a uh, assignment I had this past week. So I've got a name and that's about it. But I do have an account, oh, what's, so hit me up. What's your website, dude? LanceHateIt.com? No, dude, I was too cheap to buy a domain. So it's um, <laughs> it's something produced by Wix. It's sick. I, well, we'll link it in the show notes that are non-existent. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and, All right, and I hope I hope by being on this podcast, I get like at least one new follower on Instagram. So you won't. I'm pretty pretty <laughs> stoked about that. You might lose a couple followers. <laughs> Probably. Okay. That's okay. okay though, dude. It's okay. That shit's it's irrelevant. It. It's worth it. Yeah, this, it is worth it. This man. podcast we're, we're always is a work it. in progress. It's gonna be huge. Well, one day. Yeah. No, nah, probably not. Okay. <laughs> hey, if nothing else, we had a good conversation. That's true, dude. We just recorded the conversation. That's all we did. That's essentially what it was. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, I feel like we're rambling, so I'm gonna hang up. Um... All right. Peace. Peace.